The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. It is Wednesday, February 14th. It is Love Day, Valentine's Day. Jay and Lane, happy Valentine's Day, my friend. Happy V-Day, man. <laughs> Joined by Jay and Lane, a grad student from the sprawling metropolis of Clover, South Carolina. That is an MJ Collins joke for those of you that didn't pick up on it. You started your career at Middle Tennessee State, where you earned second team All-Conference USA honors and last season led the Hokies in catches with 41 and logged 538 yards and six touchdowns. Jalen, what's going on? How's it going? I know you all are in the middle of phase one. So what's uh, what's been going on? Uh, yeah, you know, phase one, just uh, working out, started uh, hunger drills, um, you know, stuff like that, you know, just getting back to the grind, back to the basics, and you know, just building up strength, getting ready for to go into phase two after phase one. But. So we asked Kyron about this when we interviewed him, and I, I, I believe you're going to double down, but um, I, I want my fan, I want the fan base to understand this. So everybody is clamoring for LED lights. And look, LED lights are cool. The LED lights with Sandman would be really cool. But if you could choose between LED lights and a heating system in the indoor facility, which one of those two are you picking? Heating system, 100%. <laughs> That's so easy. I'm not going to like, – I feel like we're in the Sandman. We already got the, the best. The intro. juice is there. Yeah, the juice is there. You know, we don't need any extra flair, but mm. the heating in the indoor would be <laughs> that would be glorious. So, <laughs> I'm definitely be- taking the heating. What? Yeah. What? Did, Katie said uh, he said heating, or he said LED. oh, he said he. Well, he's you know Texas guy. There's no way that oh, yeah. uh, you know lights are <laughs> lights are cool. Um, but you know, I like I like being warm. I remember when the Beamer Barn first opened up. It was like wow, look at this beautiful facility. We're in there in the summertime. It's like ah, oh, it's night. We're out of the sun. Yeah. And then we did the first year of drills in January and February and you're gripping the prowler or you're doing bear crawls or you, you don't even want to drink the water because the water so it's actually almost worse than being outside. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, tough. it's tough. So first and foremost, we ask every student athlete that comes on this question. Um, I just want you to detail your decision to come to Virginia tech from uh, middle Tennessee state. You know, what were you looking for when you hit the portal? Um, how did tech align with those wants and how did you build a relationship with this coaching staff? Yeah, so going to the portal, I wanted to go into somewhere where, you know, they were going to care about me as a more than just a football player. And, um, you know, my uh, I already had kind of some ties on the coaching staff. My pops, he knew uh, Coach Jones uh, very well. So, you know, I knew that they were going to take care of me here. And, you know, you just look at the fan base, you know, it's real family based. Um, they're, they're loyal, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I wanted to go somewhere where – you know, whether we're playing good or bad, that, you know, we weren't going to receive, like, crazy hate, stuff like that. And, you know, those are the 
pretty much the main things I was looking for. And, you know, Virginia Tech pops when you're looking for, you know, family-based and, um, you know, people that take care of you and truly care about you as a person. So I'd be remiss not to discuss the awesome news from the receiving room that actually came in before the end of the season where yourself, Felton, Ali, Stephen Gosnell all announced that you're running it back. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the closeness of the receiving core? What went into the decision to all come back when I'm sure all of you had different options, whether it was to go elsewhere or play at the next level? Yeah, you know, obviously all of our goals are to go to the NFL and, um, you know, Ever since last January when we all came in, you know, besides Steve, you know, he's been here. But um, uh, when me, Ali, Kwan came in, we, uh, you know, we just started growing closer and closer ever since then. And, you know, Ali went down early in the year. So, you know, he felt like he had something to prove. Me and Kwan and Steve, you know, you know, we, we had a good year, but we feel like, you know, there's a lot still left on the table. And, you know, it's kind of cool how we, like, all collectively did the video and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it, it's a, it was a great decision, I feel like, and I feel like we can make a lot of noise next season. So you brought this up, and last year coming into the season, we knew that the receiving core was going to be a strength of this team. Um, and then obviously on the second play of the second game of the season, Ali goes down for the year. Um, the entire room had to step up and take on an expanded role. So I, I have two questions for you on that. The first one is, how do you feel like that fueled the group for you all as a group to have to step up and take on uh, take on that production? And then secondly, how influential was Ali as a leader and what impact did he have on the unit, even though he couldn't play? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, Ali going down, uh, that can kind of, I feel like kind of in other teams' eyes, they say, oh, we can just let one last person to focus on. But at the end of the day, um, we got a second man up or a next man up mentality. And, you know, I feel like we all still, you know, showed up to play um, all throughout the depth, whether it's me, Steve, Kwan. Uh, Law made a lot of big time catches. AG came through late in the year, so I feel like we all kind of stepped up. Zay, um, too, but um, yeah, I feel like we all stepped up in a certain way, and um, you know, and Ali, uh, you know, even though he went down, you know, his character never changed. You know, he was still an exciting person to be around. He always brought energy, uh, gave advice wherever he seed, and, and you know, stuff like that. Even though like some of the weight games he couldn't make it to, um, but uh, you know, he. He still was on the sideline every home game, cheering us on, you know. So nothing about his personality changed. And uh, I've always had respect for him ever since I met him. But, you know, that kind of made me made it go up a little bit because it's easy for a guy to have an injury like that and, you know, just completely changed. But a lot of respect for Ali. And bad boys, you got the sweatshirt on right now. Unreal name, awesome mojo, fun group of guys. But internally – what does bad boys mean to you? What is the mindset of the group that Coach Minds and you all preach and try to embody? Yeah, so um, what we mean when we say bad boys is, you know, whether it's us catching, blocking, whatever it is on the field, we're going to be dominant. And it's a mindset that you go out there, you're going to dominate whoever's across from you. And I feel like we all kind of embody that. Um, you can just turn on the tape and see that we care about blocking, care about, you know, running after man, me ball, uh, the ball. I'm in between my man and the ball, stuff like that. So, you know, we we uh we care about that kind of stuff and just go out there and dominate every play. So, have you ever heard of JJ the jet plane? JJ the yeah. <laughs> you have heard? Okay, it's a cartoon back on yeah. PBS back in the Mister Roger uh -huh. days. Um, but I think JJ the jet plane lane is a fun nickname. So you can take that, you can run with it, you can have that. That's free. Um, 
But brother, this year, plays of 75, 53, 41, 34, 34. I mean, a ton of big plays last year. Do you have one that is your favorite that stands out above all of them? Um, I don't right now. It's probably the uh, the Wake Forest 75 yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. That one was good. I, the uh, the one against Pitt, the 53 yard one. That was one of my favorites too. Have you seen the video that we got from the stands? Yeah, it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely tough. <laughs> I got to ask you that, and I've I've asked basically everybody I've interviewed since that game about this, but I, I love the the answers because it seems so consistent. But that game, whether it was from you, whether it was from Kyron, whether it was from the D line, whether it was from everybody, there was a conscientious shift in like the mindset the aggression like forget the scoring touchdowns and having good plays everything else the body language completely was different was that talk to me a little bit about that shift that happened because essentially you embraced a we're aggressive and we're coming out here to a lack of better terms we're going to kick your ass for four quarters and that really embodied itself in the Pittsburgh game yeah so you know going in that game I think we were one and three uh we knew we were way better than what our record showed and, um, you know, I just feel like it was a mindset switch. You know, we're about to go into ACC play. Um, we want to make some noise this year. We got to turn around right now. And, you know, I felt like the whole team just kind of took that mindset and ran with it. And, you know, a night game in lane to do that for you, too. You know, the crowd, the whiteout, it was, just, it was just set up for us to, you know, just build momentum. And, you know, we went out there and did that. And a big shout-out to the fans for bringing that energy every home game as well. So, so – you look at the beginning of the season and you go through a quarterback change. Any type of quarterback change is a huge adjustment, but this was not just a change from, you know, who's calling the plays, but it's style. It's um, the kind of offense that you're going to run, the kind of play calls that you're going to be calling. How did you all grow as a group with Kyron as the season went on? And what is he like as a lead play caller? What is he like as a guy in the huddle? Yeah. You know, uh, you know all, all season, you know, they were going through the battle. So, you know, like I kind of said before, it was kind of hard to build chemistry with just one guy then because, you know, you don't know who's going to be starting. But once Katie got the job, you know, you could feel the switch and, you know, how Coach Tebow was calling the plays because, you know, you can't call the plays the same type of plays for a completely different type of quarterback. Well, Jalen, hold on. Hold on. That's a little bit. Uh, so specifically, specifically, what would you say are some of the biggest changes or the biggest schematical uh, things that you were able to tap into uh, when that change was made. Oh, yeah. So, you know, when KD got the job, I felt like it was a lot more built in what he was good at. You know, he's great at running. He got a good arm. So, you know, and once T-Row got comfortable with him, I think that's when the playbook started to expand. Um, you know, around, i say around after Florida State, you know, around Syracuse and that. Um, but, uh yeah, so like I said, you know, a lot of QB runs, a lot of RPO, stuff like that. And, you know, we just kind of grew from there. But I feel like, you know, having a whole offseason with KD and, you know, building uh, chemistry with Sugar with him, I feel like we can go in the next season, um, just hit the ground running. I want to ask you about something that Coach Pry really, really talks about a lot, whether it's to the media or some of the videos that go out to the fan base. And it's, uh, ignore the noise, right? And you talked about it. Start the season one and three. You come back. You're on a little bit of a winning streak. Everybody's telling you how good they, how good you are after everybody told you how bad you are. So as a team, how do you kind of build that wall around you guys and really focus on – because you guys seem so close, like not just from player to player, but player to coach to everybody that's involved. Can you tell me a little bit about the chemistry and kind of that 
um, internal fire that keeps you guys going and keeps you guys focused on the game? Yeah, so, you know, I feel like we all got a lot of respect for all the coaching staff, especially Coach Fry. You know, he's a real genuine guy. Like, everything you see him say in the media, like, he's not, you know, he's not just talking out of his mouth and nothing like that. So, um, you know, like, just embodying that, um, just staying neutral and uh, not uh, ignoring the noise and stuff like that. We, you know, I feel like as a team, as a whole, we know, like, the media, they're going to hate you when you're doing bad. They're going to love you when you're doing great. And um, so as a team, we just know we got to stay together if we want to uh, be successful because, you know, nobody – at the end of the day, nobody really – besides our fan base, nobody really wants us to be successful. You know what I'm saying? Besides us that yeah, uh, we go to war with and, you know, we work with every day. So, yeah, so, you know, we just kind of take that coaching and, you know, I feel like as a whole team we really, uh, you know, truly, you know, listen to that and try to live it out. So I love, love a little, I'm not going to say I love celebrating the end zone, but I love having a little bit of flair. And fun fact, one of our most viral tweets this past year was the call God CC with Antonio Brown. Yeah. Pretty surprised. I mean, look, Antonio Brown does some crazy stuff on social media, but I am glad that he he re- retweeted the tweet, gave yeah. us uh, gave us some comments <laughs> here. But I just want to know, like, where did that celebration become a thing? Uh, how long have you been doing that? What is the kind of the backstory there? So I've actually been doing this since probably my 10th grade year of high school. Um, you know, for me, yeah, AB, uh, growing up, he's my favorite receiver. Like, I'm a Pittsburgh fan, not from Pittsburgh or anything, but I was always like the Steelers. Um, and he was my favorite receiver growing up. And uh, But, like, for me, it just kind of, you know, it's just giving thanks to God for, you know, uh, just giving me the ability to do what I do. And every time I get in the end zone, make sure that's the first thing I do. I just give glory to him. So it's kind of what it means to me when I do it. And then I want to talk a little bit about the young guys on this team. So Aiden Green, we saw him get some big minutes this year. Can you tell us a little bit about his growth and then some of the other younger guys in the receiving room that Hokies need to watch out for next year? Yeah, so, yeah, like you said, AG, um, you know, he was one of the guys who kind of had to step up when uh, uh, Ali went down, stuff like that. And, um you know, he's grown even since you know, when he first got here because we came in at the same time as just a freshman. But even from that first semester to the second semester, his growth was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even just like on the field, but you just like the maturity and stuff like that. You know, you wouldn't even be able to tell as a freshman, uh, you know, talking to him. But, um, yeah, you know, he uh, stepped up big. You know, he had a lot of big catches throughout the year. He had a big catch in the uh, bowl game. Um, in the rain, that was it. Might in my book, that might be the catch of the year, but I don't know. <laughs> it might be, Indeed. but uh, you know, we got a lot of young guys. Um, that's uh, definitely is gonna probably most likely gonna make a lot of plays this year, definitely next year. Um, you know, you got Zay Bradshaw, Takai Heath, both the chances, Brody. You know, they just came in. Um, who else? I don't want to forget it. Tucker, I ain't mentioned Tucker yet. You know, Tucker, he's elite. The punt returns, and you know he's going to uh, step up in the receiving game a lot as well. So, you know we got a lot of guys in the receiving room that uh, you know Hokie Nation should watch out for, and you know expect big things from. And speaking of um, making an impact here, Jalen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call you small, but I'm not gonna call you big. 5'10", 180, but you're not gonna have a running game 
as effective as Virginia Tech had last year without wide receivers busting their tail and blocking on the outside. And not a lot of teams do that. Um, that's in the NFL. That's in college. It's very easy. And Aiden Green's a great example. Aiden Green is a guy who didn't see the ball a ton this year. But if you're watching him, he's making an impact on every single play. Is that something that you guys really pride yourself on is blocking? And um, I mean, Basial had a, a historic year this year. Um, how important is not catching the ball and doing everything else right? Yeah, so one of Coach Mind sayings is if you don't block, you won't play. So, um, you know, and that's not just to scare us away from it, but it's just like, you know, it's just a mindset that wants to still us that we got to be physical, not just running around, not just with the ball in our hands. But we, if you want to dominate a team, you got to dominate on the perimeter, not just in the box. So, uh, you know, it's just kind of a mindset we have. Like I said, the bad boys mentality. And, um, you know, we just kind of take that. AG ran with it. Like, we all kind of ran with it. And, um, you know, that's why – I'm not saying we're the only reason why, because baseball, he's a dog. <laughs> you know, O-line, them boys, uh, them boys stepped up too. So, uh, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of shout-outs to go around. But, you know, the perimeter blocking was big uh, for us in the receiver room. D-block was awesome last year. Yep. And I want to ask you, because I know this really benefited when I thought back to, like, Isaiah Ford, Cam Phillips, and Bucky Hodges' career. They also had the benefit of going against – Kendall Fuller of going against Brandon Faison against going about going against some studs, Mook Reynolds, Adonis Alexander. So how awesome is it to have the benefit of taking reps against our secondary during practice? And what are some of those battles like? Yeah. So going against our secondary, I feel like it's a, it's a big back and forth battle. You know, they might get us one day, we get them the next. And um, you know, that's what you got to have. If you want to have a good team. You know, if you got one side dominating every day, man, you know, it's just, one side's not going to be getting to work. So, uh, you know, just the back and forth battles, we learn a lot from each other. And, um, you know, we kind of want – we want our DBs to be playing the best receivers they're going to see all year in practice. And that's how they feel about going against us in practice. So, you know, you going against uh, the best DBs you see all year in practice, man, the game going to come easy to you. So, Personal goal for you in your final year of eligibility when you're looking at this year. And I, I don't want you to, you don't have to give me a number. If you have numbers in, in your head, that's great. But what do you want to accomplish on the field, off the field? What legacy do you want to leave at Virginia Tech? Uh, for me personally, I don't necessarily have a number I want to reach. You know, I just, uh, I just want to be uh, cause more production and just be better on what last year. That's my, my biggest goal uh, each and every season I've been in school. Just, you know, just make sure I'm, better than I was last year and, you know, just know I got to perform or work harder, do different things that I did last year to be able to do that. So, you know, that's, that's really the main thing. And obviously uh, team goal, we got, we got big goals this year, you know, it's just, uh, we just got to take it, you know, one phase at a time, just focus on phase one right now, then that's just another step for us to reach those goals. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. And I'm gonna jump into I'm gonna jump into stand up mode here for uh, for rapid fire. Um, first question I have is probably the toughest one. 
If you could have dinner with four people, dead or alive, who are the four people coming to dinner and where are you going to eat? All right, four people dead or alive. I'm going Michael Jackson, Muhammad Ali. Oh. Hmm. Probably Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch for the comedic. Uh, and one more. I got to get like another singer or something. Probably like maybe, maybe Beyonce. I won't say Beyonce. Okay. I love it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Where are we going? We'll probably go to like, let me get some hibachi or something. Mm. A little hibachi, but. Is, is the football team still going uh, frequenting over at Kabuki, the hibachi spot in uh, Christian uh, yeah, Beard? Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. um, so, Sons of Spotify, what is Jalen Lane listening to before football games? Uh, well, the last song I listened to before I took the field is uh, Rise and Shine by J. Cole. Um, J. Cole's my favorite artist, so, you know, he's all over my pregame. But I got a lot of different stuff in my pregame. Like, I got some gospel on there. Uh, you know, you got the cousin, little, you got a little baby, young boy. It, it's a lot, you know. It, I go through a lot of different vibes throughout my pregame. <laughs> so I was gonna ask, I was gonna ask about this because uh, you put it on your story. I'm a big, I'm a big gospel guy too. Marvin Sapp, Kirk Franklin, William yeah. McDowell. Um, talk to me a little bit about your, uh, about your, about your gospel playlist. What do you got on there? Who's, uh, who's hitting? Yeah, Marvin, Marvin Sapp. He's gonna be the number one most played. You know, got to have Kirk on there. Um, who else is on there? I got uh, uh, Desmond Pringle. Um, yeah, I, I got a lot of different. I, I'm blanking right now, but I, yeah, it, it's a, it's a lot of my gospel. But Marvin Sapp is definitely gonna be top of the list. A little Charlie Wilson action. I'm sure yeah, you got Charlie, him on there. Yeah, for sure. There you, for sure. <laughs> there you go. Um, on the team, who has the worst music? They're plugging in in the locker room, and you're rolling your eyes. You're you're like, come on, man, can't can't be doing this today. Worst music, uh, see, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna call anybody specifically out, but most of the time, like, say we're in the weight room and like somebody changes the song and it's an old lineman, you know, you're gonna hear, yeah. <laughs> but I love my guys, man. I love them yeah. not bad than any of them individually, but <laughs> if, we were, if we were at tech at the same time, I, I, I'd have been making that, uh, I'd, I'd have been doing that. Um, oh my god, that's understandable. <laughs> Um, any pregame superstitions? Do you do anything weird? Lay your socks out a certain way? Um, or does that do any of your teammates have like a really weird pregame superstition? Uh, I don't know about anything weird. You know, you got we all got our routines, like not the exact same thing. I don't know if anything's weird about what I do. Um, you know, I, I feel like the main thing is, is my music. Like, I got to make sure I listen to these certain songs and I make sure I got this is the last song I listen to, something like that. But I, I think that's pretty much it for me. I don't know about anybody else, though. But yeah. Who is the funniest guy on the team? Funniest guy? Uh, and it's tough. Uh, I'd give you like a top three. Okay. Uh, Zay Brassall's in there. Mm hmm. Uh, Big X, uh, Chaplin, he's in there. Who else? Hmm, probably somebody on the D line. I'm thinking, 
Maybe, maybe I'm not putting APR in there. I can't put APR. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna take that. I, I just think those those top two okay. right now. Okay. <laughs> um. So one of the running jokes, and look, amazing player, amazing DB. Um. But we always used to give Terrell Edmonds uh garbage because he didn't have any hands. So I want to ask you, which one of the defensive backs on the team right now have the worst hands? If they were to move to wide out. Delane. Monsoor Delane. I'm, bad I'm hands. <laughs> nah, he's not got bad hands. I just get on. I was getting on him all year. Uh, he just didn't have any picks until uh, UVA. So, you know, it was just a running joke. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and stick with Monsoor, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you seem like an old soul. So I'm interested to see where you go with this. LeBron, Kobe, or MJ? Uh, see, growing up, I would have said Jordan. Mm-hmm. But uh, now just seeing, like, that LeBron is still elite. At, you know, he's been elite for this long. You know, no down year, stuff like that. I got to go LeBron. Because, you know, it's just you you probably never see something like this ever again. So I'm going with Brian for sure. And then favorite place to eat in Blacksburg? Favorite place to eat? Um, I'm going to go either, depending on what I'm feeling, either PKs or Black Salt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Black Salt. Never been to Black Salt. I got to get down there. Yeah, they got some fire burgers. Rich Luttenberger. These are letters from the lunch pail. So these are submitted by uh, by fans. So Rich okay. Luttenberger wants to know, and he he just asked it pointed. Why did you come back for this last year as opposed to exploring other options? Like, what was your reason? What was your why to come back to Tech this year? Uh, yeah, you know, I just I love this place for one. Um, you know, it's a good situation. Um, you know, for me personally, um, you know, we got a good team. One, you know, we got a lot of guys that just want to be here. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of teams that guys want to leave, stuff like that. But, you know, we, we didn't have that many guys at the portal. Um, you know, just a lot a lot of guys want to come back, want to win for Blacksburg and win for the community. So that's one of the main reasons. And then last one, Grant Watson. <laughs> he said, how did it feel to torch Miami when you were at Middle Tennessee State? And what is the best piece of advice that you have gotten from a coach or mentor? Two very different questions. Yeah. Uh, the first one, I'm not going to lie, that Miami game is probably my favorite game I've mm-hmm. ever played in my entire life. Um, you know, just thinking back on it, still doesn't feel real. But, uh, you know, that was, that was a fun game. Um, definitely. Get to and, go back. Get to go back. Yeah, this get year. to go back to Hard Rock. So, mm-hmm. it would be 2 and 0 uh, for me there. But, um, and, Best advice I've ever received. Um, honestly, I'm gonna say from uh, from my pops. This isn't like anything specifically football, but you know, my pops. He always got a lot of different quotes. He always says, uh, "Don't ever let another man put a lid on you. Just you know, don't let anybody limit what you feel like your potential is and stuff like that." So, you know, you can be whatever you want to be, do whatever you want to do. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, Jalen. Last thing I have for you. Um, there may be someone out there listening right now that hasn't bought their season tickets yet, or maybe they haven't decided if they're going to, what game they're going to go to or whatnot. What is your message to the fan base? When you guys take the field, it seems like forever away from right now. I think it's like 200 days or something. Yeah. Like, what are you most excited about? Like, what do you feel like this is special about this team? You know, this team, 
you know, we're hungry. You know, we've we've been together uh, for a minute now, and you know, uh, we all decided to come back, and you know, we all want to be here. So you know, that's that's one big thing. That if you want to be here, then you know, you want to win. You want to win for the fan base. You know, it's a it's a lot of love that this team has for this community and for each other. So you know, you're gonna see a team that go out there loves one another and loves the community and you know wants to destroy whoever the opponent is. So that's <laughs> what you get. Jalen Lane, Virginia Tech, coming back next year. Going coast to coast. You ever been to California? Uh, I have. It was a long time ago, though. But uh, uh, it'll be, it be fun to be back. It'll be, it's fun be a good go. time. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Jalen Lane, thank you so much for your time. And where can everybody follow you on social media? Uh, follow me on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, I think my ad is J underscore Lane, 83 on Instagram. I can't remember my Twitter when I'm not going to lie. <laughs> gotcha. Awesome. Thank you, Jalen. Really appreciate your time, my man. I appreciate it. Time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is, Oh, I know just what you're thinking. Please don't go to sleep Trash my friend's place, wake up the next day. Take a hit, it's done.